0: Fantastic. Well, it is good to be in church, whether you woke up and you knew about it, that you're here that today, and it's always good to come to church. Church is described as the bride of Christ, spotless and blameless. And that's not by our works or our doing, that's because Jesus has washed away our sins and he's given us grace and he's given us life. And so we are made spotless and blameless as the bride of Christ. We're also described as a family. We've got relationships. We've got fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters and children. We're described as a family and we we live in relationship with each other. We're also described as a body, a body that has a head, a head called Jesus Christ. He is the head and praise the Lord, he is the head because sometimes the hands and the eyes and the ears, we don't understand each other. If everyone was a hand, we would be a weird looking body. Walking down the street on all fives, tens. I don't know how that would work. But let understanding be in the head and let us be the body. All connected, all working together with veins and hearts and lungs and all kinds of things in their systems. All connected and all linked and working together to perform the function of love and grace in this place. We are uh, it described as a body. And this, today we're rounding up our series on gifts. We spoke initially, Eleanor did a message on the gifts that Jesus gives us called the gifts of the Son or the ascension gifts. That Jesus gave to his followers in the moment when he ascended back to heaven and they were to start the church to build the church and to get it going into gear and that was the apostle the prophet the teacher the evangelist and the pastor and all of us might have a measure of those gifts within us working but those gifts are the ones that more carry an office and we have them in here as Chris and Ruth are teachers and pastors And so they're the gifts of the son. And we talked about following on from that, the gifts of the the father. They're the ones that he created. When he created you, he put inside you in the DNA, in the spirit of who you are. He placed all these treasures, all this stuff. And when you're planted in the house of God, all this grows out of you. In that seed, in the right environment, planted in the right soil, under the word of God, under the blessing of God, received in Christ, these gifts of the Father will come out of you. And Aaron preached about the gifts of the Father and we did the spiritual gift assessment. Who has done one of those? Now just make sure you got the answers page in that because Linda missed out. And she came to church last week very confused because she just was disrupted because she couldn't fill out her answer pages. She didn't know who she was anymore. It just wasn't quite Linda and she's not here today. Maybe she's uh, trying to work out who she is filling out that gift assessment, the gifts of the Father. But um, years ago we were in a connect group and we did this and I heard this, we had this little laugh and this guy goes, ha ha, i got the gift of faculating. And we just sort of silence. What? Faculating? Well this is a new gift i don 't see it on my sheet? What is... And we just realized he was talking about facilitating so so you know there are gifts, and you 've all got gifts, and uh, you're all gifted to be here and uh, and then last week, Zach Zach preached a great message, and we started a seri- uh, a, a, the end of, of our gift series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, preaching beyond your years, Zach. Hey, whoever thought you would have been a preacher? You didn't, did you? No, running services, preaching messages. Well, the same word applies. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has perceived what God has prepared for those who love Him, and. He has revealed it to us by his spirit and God working in you and you working in God. See, there are gifts and there are grace. And as you work in the gifts and as grace and his spirit gets hold of you, it won't be your agenda. It'll be his agenda working in you and working through you. And the battle for you will be an agenda thing. And always grace because people get gifted and then they go on a gift journey. But we're on a journey of grace, and it's important to have grace first and then the gifts that go with it. Yeah? So we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit being the third part of the Trinity. And I don't know if that really is how it works. Uh, The third part of the Trinity, they're all one. I don't know if there is three parts, but there is three parts. I don't want to get my head around it. There's just God and he's big and he's got a Holy Spirit. And when Jesus went into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was on earth, it was God moving around in one place. Now that Jesus is gone, the Holy Spirit is filling the earth, filling all believers, people everywhere, the Holy Spirit. And these are the gifts That he brings. Have you ever wondered what on earth am I here for? The Bible says that you've been created by God and that you are for God. And that in Christ, God is here for you. In Christ, by his spirit, God is here. He is here, he is. For you, he is in you, he is here, and God is for you by his spirit. He made a choice for you, a choice that started before the creation of the world. When he thought about you, and he thought about this time today, about you, about your life, about who you are. So he made a decision to make you, and then he made a decision to send Jesus into this world, a choice for salvation where you can have your sins removed and continues beyond salvation through the call of God where you can be empowered by His Spirit to live a spiritual life. God wants you to live a spiritual life, connected, connected to the Spirit, connected to Jesus, connected to the Father. That's how it is. He wants you to be connected. Jesus was connected. And it says in the Bible, for in him we live and we move and we have our being in this body. In this body of Christ, we are connected. And that's why he sent Jesus, because we are born disconnected. There's a real problem. It's called the disconnected problem between god and humanity and he solved that problem when he sent jesus to reconnect everyone and that's why god hates sin because sin is the disconnect and god doesn't hate sinners he hates sin it's because sin is what punishes god doesn't punish people Sin punishes. So he sent Jesus to remove sin because sin has a terrible work of destroying relationships, of bringing terrible things, of whatever sin does, and ultimately death is what sin brings. So he sent Jesus to destroy the work of sin and give us life. So he doesn't hate people. He hates sin, and he comes to kick sin and hell out of your world, your life, and he does it through the power of the cross and the work of grace. If we think about, if we look at the life of Jesus, he lived spiritually. He lived spiritually. And he shows us how to live spiritually. He was always exuding, overflowing in gifts, in amazing things, in miracles, in healings, in Everything that he, that he that he was doing, if we look at when he was baptised, he was baptised and John baptised him in water and he came up out of the water and the Spirit of God came on him and the Bible says in the form of a dove and then a word came out of heaven, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And then he was led by the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit out into the desert where he went through a terrible trial or amazing wrestle with spiritual forces and he came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. And his ministry started from that point and his ministry kicked right into gear in the power of the Holy Spirit. If we look in the book of Acts, we see them start with the supernatural work power of the Holy Spirit in their prayers, in their preaching. God's Spirit was shown by healings, by miracles, by faith by prophecy, by tongues, by all these spiritual gifts operating in the early church. And it is the same today. God's spirit moves in and through us as we follow him. Everywhere in that book, they are preaching the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel, and all these gifts are the part of that Ministry, and it's the same today this overflow of grace, this overflow of love through the Holy Spirit. So, this week we look at the remaining gifts of the Spirit, and some gifts seem, seem common, some more spiritual and powerful. However, all the workings of all the gifts that we are giving are for a common good. For the common purpose to build the church, to reveal God's love and grace, and to spread and advance the gospel, they are for His, His agenda. So we look at the gifts of power, and the gifts of utterance. The gifts of power being miracles, healings, and faith, and the gifts of utterance or speaking, are uh, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. Of those tongues. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he's speaking about spiritual gifts. And I'm going to read from the message version. What I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God. Led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It's different in this life. Remember how you were when you didn't know God. Led from one phony God to another. You know, the Bible says that God has placed eternity down here in every person. And there's this wanting, this searching that goes on in most people everybody's searching for something looking for a place to belong looking for a place to make a home it reminds me of the story of noah Does everyone remember what noah did when he sent out from the ark he sent out at the end of the flood he sent out he sent out a bird he sent out a couple of birds but he sent out this bird and this bird went out from the ark and it was a raven and it went out and it went out over the water what do you think that bird would have seen out over the water? It would have seen a whole heap of dead things floating around on the surface. You're talking about an incredible flood that wiped out the world, and it went from one dead thing to another dead. Where he went to an elephant, had an eyeball, and went over to another, almost not quite roadkill, but waterkill, over, and had another piece. And you see, and it would have just, and until it got so far away from the ark, that it just couldn't find its way back. That's why you still see a rate the. A, Raven's like a crow. That's why you still see a crow flying around going, Ark, Ark. It's still looking for the thing. Can't find it. <laughs> but so often, so often, We can go from one dead thing to the next dead thing, trying to find something to fill a wanting, but that wanting that everyone has is a wanting for God, and it can only be filled with one thing, and that is Jesus Christ to be connected to the one true love of down in here that you were created for, Have a wanting for God. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God... Would never prompt anyone to say Jesus be damned, nor would anyone be inclined to say Jesus is master without the insight of the Holy Spirit. Look, it's so important for you to live your life in a way that if people comment about the way that you speak and interact and the way that you live their life, if they comment to someone else or if they comment in their thoughts, they say God must be good. They don't want to look at your life and say God mustn't be good. They want to look at your life and say, there's something going on. Maybe it's something about God. God must be good. All right, it continues. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. Look, your gifts aren't based on circumstance. They're not based on your age They're not based on your environment. They're not based on culture or your upbringing or your experience or what you think or what you know or whether you've been good or whether you're not good. They're based on one thing gifts from God are based on His choice. Let Him choose. They're based on His choice. They're based on his choice and although they're individual, their purpose is collective. They are for a common good and that is his good and they are for free. If you ever buy a gift for someone and then you give it, you don't pay them for the gift. It would be weird or it's just that's a great gift. Yeah, I've I got a 20, I think. You take a 20 for that gift? That's not how it works. Gifts are for free and they are for unopening they are, for unwrapping they are, for what they are, for they're for the common good. And these gifts that God gives us, they're being purchased. And they're being purchased by Jesus Christ. And they're being given to us for the common good, so that there is significance and there is purpose and there is fulfillment in Him. The measure that they're given is His choice and it's a measure that can grow when you're planted in the right environment. All right, it continues. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. That reveals God. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. And these are the gifts. And we heard these last week wise counsel or words of wisdom, distinguishing between spirits or discerning of spirits, and clear understanding or words of knowledge. That's what Zach preached on last week or shared with us. It was great. And this week we're going to look at faith, a simple trust that the Holy Spirit can bring to us. Healings. Or healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation or prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And these were all handed out when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and they're still handed out today. The gifts haven't stopped being given. They are still given and they're given all the time for the building and the strengthening of church, for the common good. All these gifts have a common origin, but they're all handed out one by one. By the one spirit of God, he decides who gets what and when. Praise the Lord. So let's talk about him. the gift of faith. Now we are all given the measure of faith when we come to Christ. There is faith there because someone who comes to Christ believes that God is. And so faith is opened up into someone's life. But the gift of faith is not about saving faith or normal faith that everyone has. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit and it's an extra dimension of trust, of believing, of certainty that can see something that is beyond the normal or even impossible as completed And it calls it from the future into being for the now. It knows that it's going to happen, just hasn't happened yet. It can be for specific situations, maybe over your finances or praying for the weather. Who's ever prayed for the weather? Come on. What happened to that rain last couple of weeks? Eleanor? I reckon someone prayed it away. I don't know, it was supposed to flood everywhere, but it just went out to sea. You know, I've seen that happen several times. I wasn't praying the other week, but several times I've been on my knees. It's usually because I'm selfish and I want to get some work done, but hey, I can still pray about it. But faith can come. And right through the Gospels, if we look in the book of Matthew, we see a centurion who comes to Jesus, a man who's outside the covenant. He's not a Jew He's a centurion. He's a Roman soldier. He comes to Jesus and he says, I don't deserve you to come under my roof. Under my roof. Don't, you don't need to come to my house because I understand you have authority and I place my trust in that understanding of who you are. And, and Jesus said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. And he was asking for his servant to be healed. And his servant was healed in that very instant because of his faith. Now, Look, a lot of you have heard about the story that we... This is one of my favourite stories of the median strip. Some of you haven't heard the story of the median strip. But out there on the road, there's actually supposed to be a median strip up the road which we were supposed to spend... Well, I think it started at $120,000. And then by the end, after about five years, it was up near the $200,000 mark. And we just never had that money. But when we were... As a church, we went from a factory to a school. We bought this property. We went to a school. We were paying rent. Part of the DA approval for us to knock out all this, all used to be rooms here. The little rooms all along there. There's was a wall here. There was all rooms along there. We knocked them all out. We did all these renovations and we wanted to move in here. But to move in here, we had to build a median strip. And you can't just go out there and get on a stop and go sign and Dale put your shirt on and look authoritative and Frosty, let's lay some concrete. It's not going to work. You've got to get the right people. You've got to have the right approval. You've got to build this median strip. So it was a real blockage. So we would have meetings. We would have our leadership meetings. And we would talk about everything that was going on. Oh, and the median strip. And all the time I was like, why do we have to build? Yeah, it was like that. I didn't say any of those words I thought. But hey, it was about a median strip. And we were supposed to build this median strip. And anyway, I'm just like, every time I come up in, down in here, I'm like, I don't agree with this. I just don't agree with this. Anyway, I'm reading one of Phil Pringle's books and in it, they have a building. They're trying to get a DA approval and one of the things they have to get is a set of traffic lights. And so if you go to Oxford Falls, you'll see out the front or on the corner, a big set of traffic lights and they had to widen the road. They had to do a heap of work. It would have been in the millions, that thing. And and the council gave it to them. And I thought, well, if the council gave them traffic lights, God can give us a median strip. God can make something happen out there. And it's changed. It's now like a little piece of concrete as you drive in and out. It's like this little shape. So you can only turn left. And there's a sign. But when I read that book, something down in here changed. And the next meeting we went to, when it came up, I said, you know, I don't think we're going to have to build that median strip. I don't believe in it. I believe God's going to do something else. And down in here, and Chris was like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. We, we, we gotta, and the, the, how are we going to get this $200,000? And we've got to build this. I'm like, nah. no. Nah. And then Ruth goes, all right, I'm going to agree with you. We are not going to build this median strip. And right then, our prayers changed. And we had a median strip changed in faith by the Spirit of God in that moment. Faith came. And faith can come in your circumstance, in your world, whatever you're believing for. Stick to believing. Don't listen to always circumstances or something. Get into the Word. Get a testimony. Let faith come. The Holy Spirit, God is alive and He can bring faith where you don't have it. All right, the next thing, healings. 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 It's a supernatural impartation that brings about different kinds of healings. Different kinds of healings. It's not the general pray for the sick that we're all encouraged to be a part of. This is someone who has a different gift. Of healings, different kinds of healing, special healing, specialisation in an area. The leader of our movement, Phil Pringle, I reckon at every presence conference, he gets up and he prays for couples who just can't have kids. And he'll pray for several couples and there'll be the testimony from the year before where he's prayed for people that have been diagnosed with whatever, have been to see IVF whatevers and done all this stuff. But through this gift that is on his life, Multiple people have been healed of that one thing, whatever it is, and they have children. I don't know. I don't need to understand. It's God's gift on him. And at different times, in different places, God will put his spirit on something for healings. And we've all experienced in different ways, in different measures. If you've been following Christ for a while, there'll be a healing somewhere in your, maybe in your body, maybe in someone else's body, but it's always something there. There is different anointing for different kinds of healings. And if you read through the Gospels again, Jesus is always laying his hands on people who were blind, this person with his leprosy, everyone that came to him, everyone that comes, come one, come all, it's all for free. It's all a gift healed by Jesus Christ. All right, healings, miracles, a gift that brings supernatural intervention that overrules the natural laws of the universe. And this can be healing again, instant or whatever. But the Bible is full of these interventions that overrule the natural laws of the universe. Even if you read in the Old Testament, you think about Moses parting the Red Sea. Pretty awesome. If you think about Jesus... Feeding five thousand people with a few fish, one young boy's lunch it is. One smart young boy out of five thousand people took lunch on the picnic to see Jesus, and everyone got hungry. They all were just so focused on Jesus that they all didn't know brought food. So Jesus was like, "All right, these people are going to get faint if they go out try and walk from this place because we're out in the wilderness. All right, let's take your lunch there, son. Bless it." 5,000 people. It's not inside the natural laws of the universe. Peter walking on water. Think about it. I wonder how many people have actually tried since that time to now, to actually walk on water. Has anyone, else here, has anyone here tried walking on water? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, didn't you see that photo in the Dave days where I was standing on the water? Did anyone see that? I stood on water. I was actually standing on a ladder out in the haven just under the water, but it made me look like I was standing on water. And they took this photo, and I thought it was the stupidest idea. Standing out there, in the, it was cold. And the guy that I was with was like, just get out there. You'll be right. I like, it's a cold day. I don't want to go out in the water. It's all these old people getting out from their swim. And there I am carrying a ladder into the water. <laughs> How about that, eh? Hey, we're taking a photo of Jesus on the water. It's yes, not, not quite. But hey, look, has anyone else tried that? Yes. I tried to get around the natural laws of the universe by taking a ladder. But hey, one of my favorite stories in this church God bless you, Rashida, is Jedediah. He's out, he's out, running monk somewhere, is he? Asleep, chewing on something. But against the natural laws of the universe, babies don't not breathe for nearly 20 minutes and then be alive and be okay. And that's exactly what happened to Jedediah. He did not breathe for nearly 20 minutes. And all these... WhatsApp, text messages, things were going around, pray for this baby. But through the collective prayer and through a faithful grandmother, what do you, what do you call a, a grandmother in, in India? A mama. A mama was in the room and she went up to him and she commanded life in the name of Jesus. And right then, life came in to a person that hadn't been breathing for nearly 20 minutes. That's not, against, that's not inside the law's of the natural universe. That's not inside those boundaries. It's outside those boundaries. And it's called a miracle. And miracles are everywhere, all around us, all the time. And they come and God puts his spirit into those places to make them happen. And we all praise the Lord for Jedidiah. We all praise the Lord for him. What an amazing thing. So we don't live by what is natural. We live by God and we live by His Spirit, that we align the deep inside of us with the deep inside of Him. And through that place, there comes miracles. All right, so they're the gifts of power. And now we talk about the gifts of utterance or the gifts of speaking. And the first one is prophecy. We've had several prophets come into the church and speak at different times and prophesy over us. They're always a little bit tweaked differently. It's always you're never quite sure what's going to happen or what you're going to get or what they're going to say. They're so, (laughs) anyway, they're, they're wired as prophets are wired. But anyway, a spoken word to a person or group that glorifies God imparts a particular message from God or foretells a future event. Years ago, we did some trips to Mexico and we went over to Mexico into some of the poor communities that were camped on the border between right near the United States and a lot of shanty towns and poor communities. Anyway, we went over there and we built some homes, worked with an American mission organisation and um, and some pastors in Tijuana. And we went over, we built some homes, some of these guys still here, still kicking through. And um, one girl went back, uh, actually a couple of people went back, but this one particular girl that went back, I was praying for her and I said, look, we were sending her out to go back and she did an internship and over in Mexico building houses. And I said, look, I see you're going down a rough road and you need to hang on and you need to walk with the Lord. And it's not all going to be sweet sailing. And I said whatever I said. But anyway, she went over there. She got in, a, in a, one of the work vehicles and they were going down a road and it was a rough road and she didn't have a seatbelt on and she got knocked out and ended up in hospital. Now, I didn't know all that was going to happen, but I felt in here... Down in here, you're going to go down a rough road. You need to hang on. And gifts of prophecy are speaking into our lives. And I can remember pivotal moments, prophets coming, speaking to different people on different circumstances and then being changed from the inside out. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14one to 4, 1-4, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy, especially prophecy. Do you know that God loves you? You know, He champions who you are. You might, as I said to Michael, you might see all the stuff, but God's put all this gold inside of each one of you, all these gifts, all these treasures that He's placed on the inside of you and He wants to bring them out. And one thing that prophecy will do, will get into the gold and cause you to see the gold. And cause you to live for Jesus and cause you to be someone who you didn't think that you would be. It's the gift of prophecy. All right, the next gift is tongues. Gift of tongues. And it's a supernatural language provided by the Holy Spirit when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit. There are two different kinds of tongues in the New Testament there is your personal prayer language and there is a public use of tongues as a prophecy. Your personal, personal prayer language is imparted at the baptism when, of the Holy Spirit when God gets on you. And for a lot of people, there's a, like a battle in the mind when it comes to speaking in tongues. They're trying to reason away, trying to understand. But I don't think it's really there to be understood too much. It's just there as a gift. It's a gift. And it's a gift to be opened. It's a gift to be used. And it will transform your prayers. Because sometimes, so often, we can come with our prayer list and we can go through our list of all the things that really matter to us and all the things that we're concerned with and all the things that we're trying to work through. But when you start to speak in tongues, you can move beyond your list. You can start to get a kingdom mindset. You can start to push through. You can start to pray differently. And you can pray with power. You can pray your spirit speaking by the spirit to God who is the spirit. And where the spirit is, there is freedom. And God wants to bring freedom to all of us in different areas of our lives own soul our mind our life and so speaking in tongues and I want to encourage you not to try and rationalize tongues too much because I don't think that's really up to us to rationalize if you remember that I said Jesus is the head let him have all the understanding at times we need to use our intelligence it's in the bible it was given to us as a gift let's unwrap it let's speak in tongues and let God move through us in our personal prayer i encourage you to pray for 20 minutes in tongues before you even get into your list and see what kind of prayers you start to pray if you've dropped off speaking in tongues you need to pick that back up again and move forward in praying in the holy spirit and believing and praying kingdom kind of prayers powerful prayers All right, the next gift of utterance or speaking is the interpretation of tongues. And again, it's all for the common good to edify the church and to build it up. And that's where someone will get up in a service and they will deliver a message in tongues. And it can be a little bit freaky. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what is going on? That is not Chinese. I don't understand this. We had a guy in our church and he would do it and it was great. And several people would always get up and interpret whatever he he was saying. There was always an interpretation of God's goodness, God's edification to everyone that's sitting under that word, that's sitting under that church. And it doesn't always have to be straight. It can be in tongues. It can be a little bit different. It can be out there. God is not inside the box. He is outside the natural laws of this universe that we live in. It's his footstool, the Bible says. It's, 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 he doesn't have to abide by the laws of gravity. So the interpretation of tongues. For the common good to edify and build up the church. Can I have the band come up, please? So just as we close on our series on gifts and on spiritual gifts, you're all gifted. You've all got something gold inside you that God has created. He placed there when He thought about you before the creation of the world. He thought about the you He created you to be, empowered by His Spirit, to be used with love, to build up the saints, to witness to others, and to glorify God. So what resonates in you? What are you more aware of? Jesus shows us the keys. He was fully given over and devoted to the pursuit of the Father and to do His will and not His own. And He was filled with the Holy Spirit. The following passages in 1 Corinthians after verse 12. As I said, we are described as the body of Christ, complete, all having significance, all having purpose, all having a created place to fit in, to be at home, to belong to all the other members as Christ, as the head. Verse 18 says, But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Come on, let's stand this morning. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.